mercy. Does the um, There's no there's nothing on screen. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. <laughs> Chuck Tate here. And uh, we're live. I didn't know we were live. So um, episode 130 is going to be interesting from the get-go. <laughs> My co-host, Mike Womer, back in the studio. Mike, always a pleasure. Always, always. So even when we're, we're not live, I was getting ready to ask you a question about your church. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> like, so is that one family still going to relevant faith? No. Um, anyway, that could have been, this could have been, it could have been interesting, right? Well, we're, <laughs> we're talking about hope. Um, 41 Strong is a podcast that does, um, delivers encouraging scriptures, stories, and sometimes um, bloopers. <laughs> To help you feel better about yourself. Hold on, stand strong, and then feel better. So I don't know what kind of day you're having, but, um, you know, this one just got in- interesting for us. It's a good way to start. You know, hey, when you're, you know, a lot of podcasts aren't live. This one is, so there's no turning back. Nope. So I think it's fitting that today we're going to talk about hope. In fact, hashtag hope is dope. I just finished reading this book called Optimisfits by Ben Corson. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of him? No. You know, either had I, but um, our worship pastor, um, Lance, said, hey, man, you got to check out this book. He sent me a screenshot of it, and then he's like, dude, I'm reading it. It's really good. So I read it, and I'm almost done with it now. I think I have um, a uh, about a chapter. No, no, I actually finished it yesterday. So, okay. um, yeah, great, great book, and it's all about being optimistic and about changing your mindset. Okay. And it's not pie in the sky, positive thoughts, don't think anything bad. It's not that at all. But it's it's being vulnerable and being willing to admit where you're at and knowing because of Christ there's hope. We have we That's have cool. hope, right? Absolutely. I mean we know I mean ministry is not easy. Nope. <clears throat> Neither is life. Yeah. I said to somebody this morning I was having coffee before I came here and I said, you know, ministry would be so easy if it weren't for the people, <laughs> right? Which kind of negates the fact that it's actually ministry, right? <laughs> yes. You know, where there's people, there's problems, and sometimes ministry is it's tough. It's yeah. challenges, you know, and we have to continue, continually, I should say, renew our mind with the Word. Yeah. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, 2, don't copy the, the, the behaviors and the patterns of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way we think. Yeah. And if you are somebody who was constantly finding the negative in every scenario, in every situation, if somebody's excited about something and you find the one thing wrong about that something, it's time to change the way you think, man. I agree. Right? I agree. I'm sure you pastor people like that. You know people like that. I think I am people like yeah, that from time like to time. Yeah, it's easy. That's, well, it, it, that goes back to your sentiment where it said ministry would be easy if it weren't for the people. That people, it includes me. Yeah. You know, ministry would probably be easier sometimes if it weren't even just for myself and some of the things, the thoughts I have and the ways I make some decisions and, 
Man. Just, it's just I've had some people tell me about that you, so I don't oh, know. Sure. I'm kidding. I am sure, as I have you. <laughs> no, my, 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 my wife would say, "Yeah, our family would sometimes flow better if it weren't for you, right?" Yeah. No, no. That, hey, that's there's reality to that though. It's people, we're all people. We're all flawed, and we all make our mistakes. We all have thinking issues from time to time, and so. And how fitting that we're talking about being vulnerable and having flaws on an episode where we were live and we didn't we know started we were live. with a flaw. <laughs> Right, so um, one of the things that I said this past weekend to to our church is, when I'm up here preaching, I'm not preaching, pointing my finger at you. I'm preaching to myself. I'm looking in a mirror. This this applies to me. This is not just for you. I need this. Oh, I tell them. I tell them that every week. I preach first to myself before I ever preach to you. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. That'll preach. That'll preach. <laughs> I well, know. Listen, I Philippians four eight. Let's. Why don't you read that? And the New Living Translation version says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Man, so this is huge right yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's often overlooked. It's easy to read right past it. But one of the things that I've been trying to do and one of the things that I've asked our congregation to do is to use Philippians 4.8 as a filter for everything that we watch and everything that we listen to. That's good. Is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy? Because if it's not, if it's not edifying my spirit, if it's not going to build me up, Mm -hmm. then should I be watching it? I agree. Should I be listening to it? You know? I agree um, completely. I mean, I I believe in just good, fun entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love to laugh and, and enjoy myself, but... What I need to ask myself, is this filled with profanity? Is it filled with things that are going to rip up my spirit? Is it filled with things that are going to cause me to be negative? Here's the funny thing. In today's culture, most people don't think that it is. Even if they are engaging in movies and and television shows and music or whatever, which are, I mean, we are sensory people. Like everything about us is our senses. What we see, what we hear, what we smell. You know, this, these, we are all sensory people. And so what, what we bring in is ultimately at some point in time going to be what comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it may not be right away. It may not be in the first, like if you start watching certain shows or listening to certain music, and it may not be within the first week or two weeks of you watching or listening, but at some point in time it gets in you. And it gets connected to you Correct. that it, eventually that's going to be what comes out of you. Yes. And so you can't, like, this is going to sound, I've heard this said before, you can't, like, bring garbage in and expect grade out. Garbage right. in means garbage out. Garbage yeah. out. Well, the, the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. speaks. Yeah. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalms 119.11, right? He knew, right? If, if, if. If we're putting the wrong things in, the wrong things are going to come out, whether it's word or action. So we have to realize that the things that we hear and the things that we see and the things that we do ultimately come from the way that we think. Yes. They affect that thinking process. Which goes back to Romans 12 too. If you want to be transformed, you want to live different, we want to have better results, then you have to think differently. We have to let God change us by changing the way that we think. And that's what are we watching? What are we listening? Let's use this as a filter. This is why the Apostle Paul said to cast down every thought, yep. every imagination that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of the word, right? Um, which is why we can't copy the behaviors of this world. Yep. 
We can't have a secular worldview. There are people that want to reach the world, so they try to adapt a secular worldview as a means to reach the world. Oh, yeah. That's not what Paul was talking about. No, he said be in the world. Be in the world, but not of, not of the, the world. world. And he said, I become all things to all people that by all possible means I might save some, but that did not include compromise. Nope. That did not include sin. Nope. So we've got to use this filter for everything that we everything that we watch, everything that we listen to, so we can be transformed. That's why Paul said we bring every thought into captivity yeah. to the obedience of Christ. So we always come back to the word. Absolutely. If we feed ourselves the word and we use this as a filter, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, we think upon those things, we're going to be a better person. We're going to be, you know, Absolutely. and uh, we're going to respond better to criticism. Uh, we're going to respond better when we're Angry. I mean, it's it's not a sin to be angry, right? It's the it's what you do with that anger. Uh oh. So, I have found that it's so easy if if I lived according to just every view I saw on Twitter, I would be miserable. I would you and you would not just be miserable, but you'd be confused. Yes. Because there's so many views out there. There's so many worldviews. There's so many thoughts. There's so many. What's good for you is good for you, and what's good for me is good for me, and. And, and, and then that existence is completely okay. And while it is, it's, it's everyone's right to believe and think however they want, it ultimately leads them to a place that they really don't want to be. And then it's someone else's fault or it's if only. Yeah. And they start asking the if only. Yeah. If only this or if only that or if only I had this or if only I could do that or if only that. Correct. And the next thing to know, you're living a life of regret. So let's talk about regret. So back to this book, Optimisfits by Ben Corson. You know, he says hope is dope. And I'm sure he's not the one who coined the phrase, but he uses that hashtag. And I just, I just love it, man. Hope, hope is dope. 40, hope is dope. 41 will come. I'm going to believe, yeah. I'm going to believe what God's word says. I'm going to stand on it. I am not going to pretend that my problems aren't real. They don't exist. But in the midst of my trial, in the midst of my storm, I'm going to say, you know what? God's bigger than my storm. He's got a plan. He's going to see me through. He can use it for good. Yeah. I mean, look what he did for Job. Yeah. And what can, what can he do, do for me? So I don't want to live a life of regret. No. And if, you, if you're looking to read a book about that, read If by Mark Batterson. Oh, that's a good book. I yes. really, a- Man, so he talks about trading our if-only regrets into what-if God possibilities. You know, so, I mean, as a pastor... It's easier. I mean, it'd be easier for me to say, "Man, if only we had a bigger building. If only we had a bigger building. If only, if only we had a building." But you know what? I ask myself all the time. Well, okay, what if we did have? What happened? What would happen if we had a building? Yeah, it's like, whoa! I, I, I'm, I'm, I want the if, if only. What if I had only? If only I had a building, then I'm like, well, what if we had a building? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it starts to get. Things start to get a little bit murky. Yeah. What am I going to do? How's this going to work? What's, you know? Well, one of the things that I shared with our congregation this past weekend is, you know, I could, the next 10 years, I could walk around with my head down saying, man, if only we had a bigger building and we reach more people. But what, what if God does something special in our building we have right now? What if, what if we go to multiple services or what if somebody comes in next week and writes a check and we build a bigger building? I'm, I'm not going to be down. Yeah. I'm going to be up. I'm going to trust God. To see, so I'm not making an excuse for any shortcomings, but I'm saying in the midst of where we're at, I'm, one, I'm going to look at the glass half full, not half empty. I'm going to stand on the word. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Apostle Paul said nailed to a wall 
chained to a wall, I should say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, let me say it again, rejoice. And if he can rejoice in a jail cell, then I can rejoice pastor in a church, right? So and here, here's, and here's one thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you a little bit, Uh-oh, my uh-oh. Friend. You say you're going to look at the glasses half full. This is where I mess with people all the time. I, I, I am not a half empty or a half full kind of guy. I'm a guy, my glass is always full. Oh, man, dude. I mean, even if I'm, also, looking, yeah. I'm looking at my cup of coffee, if I take the lid off, it's about, it's about a third of the way full yeah. by what I see. But the reality is the cup is completely full because the rest is air. Man. So it is full. So there's this thought process that says, you know, I'm, I mean, even Paul said, my cup is full. It overflows. He made that statement in prison. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome. To, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Mike Wilmer podcast. <laughs> it is not Dude, that's that. good. I love it, man. I learned something today. But it's, it's, a way of, it's just a way of thinking. Yeah. That's all. Because even, like even like in down times, in difficult moments, yeah. you know, it's just a way of thinking. And so I think that's what really, for me, and it's just me personally, I can't speak for anyone else or how it works for anyone else, but for me personally, I've always benefited from having that mentality that says, my cup is always full. Mm. Because the reality is, if I wake up in the morning, I've got breath in my lungs, my cup yeah. is full. You know? Yeah. If, I, if I wake up in the morning and my wife is still there, yeah. my cup yeah. is full. My family, my children, their accomplishments, their failures, their, my cup is still full. Yeah. I, I look at the church that I pastor, my cup is full. Yeah, my cup doesn't have to, my church doesn't have to be busting at the seams for my cup to be full. Amen. That's right. You know, my life doesn't have to be perfect for my cup to be full. Man, appreciate it, that's, dude. That's you know, good. Um, sorry. You should be a pastor get, or something. I should be, right? I'm getting <laughs> I, off topic I, I, well, here. So. I, I was having coffee with a friend of mine this morning, and that's exactly what we were talking about, you know. And we can always look at what what we don't have, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I know somebody that, that lost a child recently. And, you know, I, I look at my own issues, and I'm like, I, I'm blessed. Perspective, my, right? My, my, cup's, yeah. my cup's full. Yeah. My cup's full. Amen. So, well, when you look at the ifs in the Bible, there are 1,784 wow. ifs, and most of these ifs are conditional conjunctions on the front side of God's promises. So, in other words, if we meet a condition, then God delivers on the oh, promise. Yeah. So, right? I mean, the, the word is true. The word is filled with promises. It's been said there's about 30,000 promises within Scripture. But a lot of times, we want the promise, but we miss the conjunction on the front end of the promise. I mean, God's God. He'll bless us. Now that's good. You should probably preach that. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, here, for example, one of my favorite scriptures, my life verse is Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. It doesn't say, dream big, your plans will come true. No. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Because if you commit your plans to God and they become his plans, right, God's plans don't fail. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It doesn't just say, follow your heart, and he will give you the desires of it. No. That's it's the says, same. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's like, it's funny that you say it, because my, my, my life verse, my passionate life verse is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. You know, it, says, it talks about never forgetting the things that I've taught you, right? Mm. But hang, store them in your heart. Some versions say, hang them as a tablet around your neck. Why? Because what he teaches you, and that hang that tablet covers your heart, right? It says, "Store my commands in your heart." If like you do filter. this, yeah, oh, it is. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Look at it says, "If you do this, you'll hmm. live many years, and your life will be satisfying." Hmm. And then it was really cool. Is never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them as a reminder around your neck. Write them deep within your heart. Then, 
You'll find favor with both God and people. You'll earn a good reputation. Wow. That's the, that's the verse that I live my life by. Just simply because it is, it's filled with an if and then. There's a conditional conjunction if right there. If we do this, then God will do this. Mm. And it's really simple. We complicate things. It's, it's really simple. The Bible says if, <laughs> 1,784 times it says, if you do this, yeah. then I will do this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we want the that's... then without the if. Yes. Well, another translation in Psalms 37, 4, it says, do what the Lord wants and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, which is, yeah. So the question I need to ask myself, am I doing what God wants? I mean, I look at Second Chronicles 7, 14 is quoted and I've quoted it multiple times. If my people who are called by my name yeah. will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, right? Then will I hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land. But a, what about the if? That's, that's a big a, if. That's a giant. That's a giant if, if right? So are we willing to do what God wants? If we're willing to do what God wants, then it will be easier to always see that glass full. Hashtag hope is dope. Thank God for the hope that we have. His plans are good plans for us. They're not to harm us, but they're plans filled with hope in a future. Because of God, yeah. we have hope. So let's change our mindset from if only to what if God. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is, is to understand, like to chase the then without the if leads you to regret yeah. because constantly chasing the then means you're going to do it your way. You're going to chase it. You're not going to have submitted yourself to scripture, which means now it's all about you and what you're doing. And to be honest with you, just like the beginning of our show, we're a flawed people mm. and, and we're going to make mistakes constantly. And if we don't subject ourselves to the word, those mistakes are going to compound and compound until they become like epic regrets, not just regrets. I love the, uh, the quote that you have in here from Mark Batterson at the, when he says, at the end of your life, your greatest regret won't be the things you did but wish you hadn't. It'll be the things you didn't do but wish you had. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think most of us at some point in time are going to get to the end of our life and we're going to look at things and say, wow, I wish I had done the if. If I would have stepped out. If I would have obeyed God, if, if I, I would have committed prayed. my plans yeah. to him, if I would have done what he asked me to do, if I would have used Philippians 4, 8 as a filter, if I would have looked at the glass as always being full, if I would have been, you know, content with everything mm. that God gave me, if I wouldn't have used Instagram to try to fulfill my life, if, right? Yeah. I mean, so what if Moses, what if Moses would have allowed regret to stop him? from stepping into his destiny. And he almost did. He tried to talk God out of it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what would have happened if two million people wouldn't have gone through the Red Sea on dry ground had Moses not answered the call yep. when he did not feel qualified? And perhaps he could have stayed in the desert beyond 40 years. I mean, in that and backside it, of the desert for 40 years, 41 came and he yeah, answered the absolutely. call of God. But what if and he, the reality is, it, what, not even just his insecurity of not being good enough, but the past of his... Sin. Yes. I mean, he committed murder. Yes. I mean, that's... Yeah. He committed murder. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think yeah. that's a sin. Yeah. And so, but today people will let those things limit them hmm. in what they can accomplish. Yeah. You know, I, I, know of a, I know of a man, he's in my church, who was, did time in prison for, the, for that very sin. And today is preaching the gospel like crazy. He's given his life to Christ, turned everything around. He's preaching. He's in prisons on a right every week, almost weekly preaching the gospel. Yeah, you mean God can use people like that? Yeah, believe uh, it or not. Uh, yeah, that's what Paul told me. <laughs> he did that a few times, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Paul, well, David, yeah, well, Moses. What, yeah, yeah. I mean, what if, 
What if David would allowed his past sins to prevent him from leading the nation that he yeah. was supposed to lead, right? Yeah. What if, what if Paul, when he had, when when he was still Saul and he had that encounter with Christ, what if he would have said, you know what? No, I've persecuted you. I've thrown you under the bus. I'm responsible for Stephen's death. I'm responsible for too many Christians going to jail or or being put to death. You can't use me. What? And then you having a pity party. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of his life, he would have had a lot of regret. If only I had listened to God. And because he pushed through his regret, he wrote almost half the New Testament. Mm. I mean, that, that, should, that should fire us up today. Oh, yeah. To be, no matter what we've done, hope is dope. Put, our, put your faith in God. Trust him, and you can step out and do great things. Yeah. But it all the battle is right, right here between your ears. That's, that's where it's at. The battle's in the mind. So we've, it all comes back to fixing, fixing our thoughts. So, man, why don't you read this quote by Ben Corson? Again, I was talking about this book, Optimisfits. Can't get enough of it. I love, I love this quote. I read, yeah. I read ahead a little bit, and I love this quote. <laughs> it says, uh, too many people die with their song still inside them. Too many people die in their 20s and are buried in their 70s. Too many people exist but do not live. Man, that... But that, that's Jesus trumps that entire Jesus trumps that entire thought process with one passage of scripture. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John ten ten. But I have come that you might have life and have that life to the full. And you can uh, whatever I don't care what translation because they all actually translate it fairly well. Full, abundant, great life. Those that's what that's 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 what he's saying. Do we we exist or do we live? Yeah, man. Are you in survival mode or are you thriving? Every single one of us has been a victim of, of hurt, of lying, backstabbing, tragic loss, you know. We can sit and play that victim mm-hmm. and live our life on the sideline. Or we can get up, embrace the God of hope, hope is dope, right? Yep. And move forward and, man, truly live. Start over. It's not too late to start over. God doesn't need to consult with your past when he's mapping out your future. He already sees it. It's big, right? So let's, let's, let's live big. Let's dream big. Let's pray big. Let's do what God wants us to do. Don't die with your song still inside of you. Yeah, yeah that that's are, good. That, that's don't good don't right die there. with the book still inside of you. And I'm preaching to myself. There you are. So, well, right? you, you, got one of them, you got one of them out at least. I got one of them out. We're, so, running out. we're close to running out of time now. Yeah. Yeah, we lost track of time. Yeah. So, we're almost done. So, Just man. about done. So. About it. Man, I'm glad you guys are watching and listening. And, and those of you that are watching live on Facebook, perhaps in the comment thread, tell us a dream that you have so we can pray for it. Or if you have any questions, let's, let's, man, let's, let's talk back and forth. And um, we're for you. In fact, God is for you. So if you don't get anything else today, just know God's for you. He's not against you. Romans 8.31 says, if he's for you, then no one can be against you anyway. So trust right. him, put your faith in him, put your hope in him. Let's use Philippians 4.8 as a filter so we can be transformed into a new person by letting God change the way that we think. So let's not focus on the negative. Let's not even look at the cup as half empty or half full. It's always full. I, that's what I learned full. today. Dude, thank you. That, that was it, man. That's, that's, Any closing words? No, just, I think, I think just that. I think the thought process of what we regret, we, we wallow in, we sit in, and it keeps us from accomplishing really anything that God wants us to accomplish. And so just that thought process change. Just knowing, I mean, the one simple thing you can know, and you already shared it, was God is for you. Hmm. Even when you mess up, even when you fail, even when you fall flat on your face, God is for you. Trust me, I have fallen flat on my face more times than I can count. And with every single time I've gotten up, 
and looked and was like, and guess who's still there? Man. God is still there Man. because God is for me yeah. all the time. Man, and some of you are still watching even after we went live and we didn't know we were live. <laughs> you're still, still you're just, God is for you and we're for you. So Same. thanks for taking the time to be a part of 41 Strong today. And if you haven't read 41 Will Come, I, I, you know, um, oh, yeah. I encourage oh. you. Real quick, side of me, but my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter, is reading it on her own. Oh, man. It's impacting wow. her. That makes like, my heart happy. Cool. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. That, that's, flaw. that's so cool. Man, thanks for sharing that. Well, if more information about that, you can go to 41willcome.com or my website, chucketate.com. For our producer, Mike Sable, my co-host is Pastor Mike Wilmer from Re- Relevant Faith Church. I'm Chuck Tate. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on 41 Strong. PeoriaLife.com.